0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Well, (laughs) all around the world today, there are belligerents who are lifting up weapons. They are lifting up automatic rifles and rocket-propelled grenades, and they are pointing them at one another. And on this morning, we too lift up a weapon. We lift up a weapon of peace. We lift up a trophy invisible and invincible. It's actually visible. It's very visible. We put it everywhere we go, we Christians. We Christians lift this up as a weapon of peace in the middle of a belligerent day. Bear that in mind. The praises from Matins today proclaimed, O most glorious wonder, the cross that carried the Most High like a cluster of grapes filled with life, today is raised above the earth and through it we have been drawn to God. O divine ladder by which we go up to heaven. O divine ladder, that weapon that we lift up This draws us up to heaven. This brings us to God. This gives us, if you will, a personal relationship with Christ. When we do that, it is a personal relationship with Christ. We want so much in our hearts to have a relationship with Christ that is personal, that is not distant. We want so much to draw near to him. And our gospel and our epistle this morning teach us that the way to that relationship with him is the way of the cross. We learn that we must take up the cross. We learn that we must embrace the cross if we are to have him. No cross, no Jesus. No cross, no Jesus. If you do not embrace his cross, you do not have him. One early Latin preacher, who was making a point about our gospel, stretched out his arms and said that even in our very bodies, we do reflect the cross. Even in our very bodies, we do bear the image of the Holy Cross." So that is why we come to today. So although today is the leave-taking of the feast, of the exaltation of the Holy Cross, how do we find a way this day and until the very end of our days to take up the cross and exalt it? We do not leave the cross here today. We take it up today. We may leave-take the feast, but we do not leave-take the cross ever in our life as Christians. Someone once said that if we are to be Christ-bearers, we must be cross-bearers. To those outside of our faith, this must seem very puzzling. The wearing of the cross particularly must be very puzzling. To them, the cross is a cruel means of execution, they use it as a weapon of terror against Christians. They erect them and crucify some of us on it. They're doing it today, even today. And so then it must seem, it must seem very puzzling to them that we wear the cross. It, why would we wear a replica of a tool of execution? They must, that must just absolutely bewilder them. And not only do we wear it, we kiss it as a thing that is most dear to us. We put it on our buildings, and we frequently mark ourselves with it. We mark our children with it. We mark the things that we are blessing with it, with this thing that they would use toward us as a weapon of terror. We use it as a weapon of peace and a trophy invincible. We do this especially near the end of our life. We do this especially as we know that our journey is coming to an end. Years ago, I took communion to the venerable iconographer Galena, and on my previous visit, she had asked me to bring a small cross to her that she might hold it as she lay dying. I went to the store, and I selected a small wooden one with a very lovely little icon on it, that I thought might be according to her taste. I tried to select it as if we might go to a jewelry store and pick out a cross, as if we might go in a consumer kind of a way and make a decision to select one that fit our tastes. And when I gave it to her, she surprised me. She did not say, why, thank you, that's a lovely cross. You you selected one that is according to my tastes. Rather, she cradled it three times, and she kissed it three times, and she said three times, Oh, oh, the cross. Oh, the cross. Oh, the cross. It was not a cross that she reached for. It was the cross that she reached for. And oh, that we would see this and that we would always know that when we come forward to kiss the cross, it is the cross that we are venerating. It is the cross that we are exalting. It is the cross that we are holding dear to us. We do not exalt symbols. We exalt saving substances. We exalt the grace of Christ. We exalt Christ himself when we venerate, when we exalt the cross. Now, is comprehending this kind of a stretch? That our Lord Jesus would use physical, material things to save us should not come as a surprise to you. Remember? This is the same God, this is the same Lord, who spit on dirt and lifted it up as a healing balm to give sight to a blind man. He will summon up physical, material stuff to save you. He will put stuff in your life that will bring you to him. He will put the cross. And he sees the very material instrument of his death, and he blessed it, and he lifted it up, and he made it an instrument of eternal life and of the healing of sin. So when we glory in the cross, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of Jesus. When we glory in the cross and sign it upon ourselves and upon our houses and upon our children, we are proclaiming salvation to the whole world. We are not doing the line in the play that comes to us at that point where we were, oh yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to cross myself now. We are proclaiming salvation to the world. We are extending the cross of Christ to the whole world, both the unseen and the invisible, as well as the visible. And that is why we exalt in the cross, not just on the feast days that are appointed on the calendar for it. We exalt the cross at all times. And on all days, all days are holy days, not just holy days. Yet the cross that we must take up, if we are to take it up, as did Christ and all his saints, that cross is deeper than just wearing one, than just waving your arms around as if you're waving your arms. That cross is the one that is deep within your heart, He extends that cross, that cross that he carried, that cross that he hung upon, for you to place deep within your heart. How do we see this? In the chaos and the confusion of our daily life, do we turn from time to time, even at work when no one's looking? Or maybe at work when everybody's looking, but not so they'll look at you? Do we turn? to the cross in the moments of chaos. How do we connect? It's a struggle. There's no one-size-fits-all way to do this. As Christ laid down his life for us, so must we lay down our life for him and for our brothers and sisters and for the suffering around us and for all things. We would lift up in that moment a weapon of peace, That is how we would turn to that cross. What does it mean to lay down your life to be crucified with him so that we may be made alive to him? Indeed, there is no one size fits all. But our Lord still says to every man, he does not say this only to monks or to clergy or to the very pious, the ones who are here for every service. He says this to all of us. He says this to every man. He says, if any man would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. Now that sounds like a pretty tall order to take up a cross and to follow Jesus, whatever my cross might be. It sounds in a way like an impossible burden to put on a very busy modern person. Yet we have help in this. This day, today, in our day, in our time, we have help in this. I would offer you uh, the the wisdom of a preacher from the 4th century, uh, Casarius of Arles. And he encouraged on this very same passage, saying, Such an order is no burden when it is given by one who helps in carrying it out. To what place do we follow Christ if we do not follow him to that place where he has already gone? We can take up our cross because he took up his cross. Every day we can take up our cross because he took up his cross. We all know that the cross is where we need to be. If we desire union with Christ, we cannot avoid what he himself did not avoid. Our Lord Jesus submitted himself freely to the pain of the cross because somehow he looked through it like the pain of childbirth that a mother feels. He looked through it and saw the joy ahead as she sees the joy ahead of the child that is to be. The joy of taking up the cross is that with the cross comes Christ. If you take up the cross, you will receive Christ. If you take up the cross, you may have a personal relationship with Christ, one that is intimate and one that will transform your life. So while it is still today, so long as the cross is exalted among us, we have an opportunity to take it up. You each, Every man, every woman have an opportunity to take up this cross today. Remember when the children of Israel were lost in the wilderness of their sins and un- under a judgment of death. The Lord told Moses to lift up his staff with a s- fiery serpent upon it. He told, the ch- he told Moses to tell the children of Israel to look upon it, to look upon it, to view it as it was lifted up. And so long as it was lifted up, and so long as the people looked at it, they were spared, they were saved, so long as they looked at what Moses lifted up. How much more will the one who was lifted up upon the cross and died and was buried and rose again on the third day How much more will that one who is upon the cross save you than a serpent lifted up on a staff? This one will save you if you look upon it. God forbid that we should glory in anything else other than this. Turn to Jesus. Turn to his cross this day while it is still day. Adore the cross and the one who is upon it. Let us exalt the cross this day and from this day on forward to the end of our days until we meet him and see him face to face. And that day will be to the glory of God the Father. Amen.